When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT, go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang, because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles, Turtles, and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we're finally jumping back into the 87 series, which I've realized we're getting close to the end of season five. Yeah. Which, like, only leaves five more seasons. But having said that, most of those seasons have only, like, eight episodes. So we're, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here. It's coming. This is by a wide margin the farthest I've ever made it through this series. Yeah. Pretty excited Uh, to finish it, honestly. Same. Like, I remember episodes after this, but this is the most consistent that I've watched this entire show. Yeah, me too. I I got stopped, like, way back in season three when I first tried to watch this the first time. If it was not for this show, I probably never would have picked it up again, so... I'm getting to our I'm, continued misery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, it's no, it, I'm it not is. as miserable as I used to be before, at least watching it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've, I, I kind of like it. It's at least like somewhat uncharted territory. For I've me. gotten accustomed to it. And so I can tolerate it. And I don't know. I guess I'm always excited to maybe possibly see something new in a tiny piece of history of something we've seen before in turtles. It doesn't happen very often. It didn't happen this week, but sometimes you see it and I'm here for it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying, too. Like, I feel like I just I've watched and read so much turtle stuff. But I haven't seen like these later season uh, 87 episodes. So like, I'm really looking forward to cranking these out. Yeah, well, because season well, definitely season seven has some more of your. Uh, I don't know, characters like Mondo Gecko and things coming back and and stuff like that so i'm yeah i mean we gotta get to night of the rogues and... yes night of the rogues all those things they're they're coming and those are all like in season seven right or are they all in the the yeah, red we're sky get, seasons we're getting there, yeah no we're they're getting not there. no night of the rogues isn't red sky but okay but we're getting close to those later seasons where i don't know i think they were probably slowing production down a little bit more and uh I don't know, maybe some writers were taking their time to try and write something a little more special. <laughs> so they're cranking out 20, 28 episodes, nine yeah. of which were just rehashes of the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, remember too, like we're we're in we're towards the end of 1991. Batman the animated series is 
right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Power Rangers right after that. X, yeah, Batman the Animated Series, X Men, and Power Rangers are all gonna hit within well, the next, like year, like couple years. And when it can't, you know, like, and you can't understate like, or maybe overstate as I'm trying to say, you can't overstate like how much of a game changer Batman the Animated Series was for cartoons. Oh, like that's that's probably the biggest reason why the eighty seven like, turtles had their red sky season and switched to that. Oh, absolutely. That like, it's cliche to say that, you know, oh like Batman the Animated Series was such a game changer, but like it it legitimately was. Like if you weren't there, it's hard to really kind of quantify how Batman the Animated Series literally changed how children's cartoons could be made. Yeah, well like, we got like, gargoyles because of yeah, well, like for once it had like plots and things like that, that like you even as an adult could enjoy and, and follow, you know, like it's not like these other 80s cartoons weren't maybe enjoyable for some adults, but I feel like you just had better, more in-depth storytelling happening yeah. from that. Yeah, it holds on. up even today, although like it's weird that Batman's always like he's always trying to solve the third warehouse robbery. Like he never stops the first two, you know, it's always a string. Yeah, but Batman. Batman <laughs> that's a weird trope I've noticed in that show. Yeah, Batman doesn't prevent crime; he just addresses yeah. it. Yeah. All right, so Spencer, what are we doing this week? So this week it's episodes thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen of season five. So that is the ice creature cometh, Leonardo cuts loose, and pirate radio. One of my favorite gags is that Keith always asks Spencer, "What are we doing?" and then talks exactly about what we're doing <laughs> like right after it's 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 the good old routine and it works yeah. every time it so. just it's it's a good it's a good routine until uh, keith's not here and then it gets kind of <laughs> yeah then i just, i can't pick up that i just don't have the same energy that keith does for it part, part uh, of it's for myself i'm just like making sure i have the right notes up because if i <laughs> if i say the wrong things you guys will correct me i'll be like oh crap <laughs> that's true we will correct you hmm. All right, should we jump into it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so three banger episodes. Uh, I forgot which one I did, but I will definitely read it like I knew what I was doing. I think you had pirate radio. I Probably. did, I got pirate radio. <clears throat> oh. Uh, then I had Iceman cometh. There you go, Ice Creature cometh. Iceman, uh... <laughs> fighter of the fireman. I love Sunny. It's such a good show. It's it it's my all-time favorite sitcom. It's a classic. Anywho, let's tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. First up is The Ice Creature Cometh. Season 5, episode 13, original air date, October 19th, 1991. Written by David Wise. The turtles are all enjoying their own pursuits while Michelangelo notices that the fridge has broken down and frozen over. So they unsuccessfully attack it to chip the ice off. Donatello tries using a heat ray to melt it, only to cause several small fires. In the Arctic, Krang and Shredder are mixing a batch of mutagen while Shredder gripes about the heat being broken. Rocksteady and Bebop, not wanting other mutants to be made, decide to dump the mutagen out of the Technodrome onto the ice below, where it melts a hole. A massive ice creature forms outside and quickly forms a bond with Bebop, who dubs it Frosty. 
Shredder decides that it would be ideal for getting the thermal explosives that they need to free the Technodrome, given how large and strong it is. After finally unplugging the fridge, the Turtles learn on the news that Frosty is approaching the city. They confront Rocksteady, Bebop, and Frosty, but soon discover that the ice monster is far too strong for them and end up buried in snow. Rocksteady and Bebop decide to unleash Frosty on the Channel 6 news building and surrounding areas. April, Vernon, and Irma end up underneath some enormous killer icicles, and they have to call the Turtles for help. Donatello, meanwhile, rigs up a makeshift giant heat ray on a nearby building, but is unable to use it. Bebop and Rocksteady spend a while playing in the snow before realizing that they need to get the thermal explosives, the whole reason they were there. They recall Frosty just as he's about to kill the turtles and head straight to the defense base where the explosives are located. Shredder arrives in a module to pick up the explosives and leaves with his two mutants, much to Frosty's grief. He begins smashing things until the turtles are able to lure him onto a nearby NASA rocket. The rocket lifts off with Frosty aboard. Krang and Shredder's un- Krang and Shredder successfully use the explosives to free the Technodrome from the ice and begin rolling across the glacier, finally free, until a rocket crashes nearby with a melting Frosty on it. The creature stumbles onto the Technodrome and melts completely, trapping the Technodrome again in ice. Meanwhile, the turtles arrive back at the lair to find that it is completely frozen over because Michelangelo had plugged the fridge back in. Dun, dun, dun. All right, that brings us to Leonardo Cuts Loose, Season 5, Episode 14, originally aired October 19th, 1991, written by the late, great David Wise. So a bunch of super strong muscle heads are looting the city, using their super strength to pick up bank vaults and fancy cars. The turtles decide to intervene and stake out a gym. They find the owner, Wally Airhead, telling his cronies to go steal some iron and follow the, the muscle heads. While sticking out the bad guys, Casey Jones shows up. He thinks the turtles are robbing the place, but the turtles are able to distract him by pointing out a jaywalker. The turtles then confront the strong guys, but are easily bested. Michelangelo uses his power of positive thinking to come up with a solution uh, right about the time that April calls to say that the turtles have received a gift from Wally Airhead. It's an exercise machine from the gym owner. The turtles are excited to use it to pump themselves up to fight the bad guys, all except for Leo, who thinks mind is more important than matter. The other turtles start using the machine, but it's a trap. They're locked into the machine, and it rolls out of their sewer layer towards Wally's gym. The turtles are taken to his lair and chained to the wall and forced to work out. Uh, Wally explains that he used to be a big wimp, but he gets immense strength from a ray of strongium-90, a ray made of minerals that give you strength, uh, and he plans to add the turtle strength to his machine, but first he needs to learn their upper limits. Meanwhile, Splinter suggests Leo seek out Casey Jones to help infiltrate the gym and find the turtles. He's able to do just that, and Casey joins the gym. He sneaks in the back, and he's able to find the chained up turtles and free them. Donatello sabotages the Strongium 90 ray by replacing its special bulb with just a regular flashlight bulb. Meanwhile, Raphael discovers their secret weapon, the Blockbuster, which is a huge metal boxing glove on wheels. The, the bruisers are planning to use the Blockbuster to destroy skyscrapers and get a 500 million ransom from the city. But first, they need to recharge their strength. 
They go to get another dose of strongium 90, but unbeknownst to them, it's just regular light because Donatello sabotages the machine. The turtles and Casey follow the bad guys, and finally it's time for that big third act fight. The muscle heads are no longer super strong, so they're no match for the turtles' ninja skills. And Casey gets on top of the blockbuster and smashes it to pieces. The day is saved. The good guys start to celebrate, but then Casey sees a guy littering and decides it's time to bust up another crime. The end. You can't get that lawbreaker get away. Never. All right. So, uh, my story, episode 15, Pirate Radio, released November 2nd of 1991, written by Misty Taggart. So, somewhere deep in the Arctic, Krang is working on a dimension splitter, a device that will create a dimensionless, a dimensional bottomless pit that he calls Krang's Chasm. It goes on the fritz the first time he fires it up, and in the chaos, Bebop and Rocksteady's radio gets turned on, and WOOF Pirate Radio, the hottest radio station in the city uh, that almost everyone is listening to, gets turned on. This gives Krang an idea. Speaking of the hottest radio station, Mikey is in love with it, and the constant racket is driving his brothers insane. So they kick him and his boombox out of the lair. While listening to it outside of the lair, Mikey is stumbled upon by Shredder, who is trying to track down the radio station's signal. They fight, and Mikey's brothers come to back him up, so Shredder runs off. The turtles find a compromise with their issue of Michelangelo listening to the radio too loudly. Donatello makes earplugs that specifically block out the radio. Shredder finds the broadcast station now. It's on a boat. He commandeers it, and Krang opens up his chasm next to it. Using a mind control device, Shredder will make the whole city walk into the chasm by broadcasting his commands through the radio. All of the turtles are unaffected except for Mikey because they're wearing the earplugs that block out the radio station. When Mikey is found missing, his brothers chase after him. They discover what's going on and follow the masses to the chasm. Donatello makes Shredder's device overload, and it allows everyone to stop being mind-controlled before entering the chasm. Mobs of people trace Shredder. <clears throat> Mobs of people chase Shredder, and he falls into Krang's chasm. The end. Old storytelling. Yeah, abs- absolutely riveting stuff, really. <laughs> you got you got to do this you got to do the call sign like like the shock jock does the shot oh the w-o-o-f was his name burke barkley or something yeah it was like burke barkley or something yeah dirk barkley david barkley something uh dicky bark dicky bark never mind it wasn't even close dicky bark anywho Let's uh, talk some more about these episodes in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. So you guys remember that like free-to-play idle RPG game, Mutant Madness? Yeah, uh, yes. We used to have a clan on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so <laughs> Ice Creature Crunk, <laughs> I don't think it went anywhere. It's still totally probably there. It's still probably there, yeah. Yeah. But so Man, of all... The game. Yeah. Uh, that's where Frosty comes from. Yeah. Of all the characters in all of Turtles Media to be in a video game, somehow Frosty got to be in that video game as a playable character, which is crazy. They, I mean, they just were like digging everything they could find in the 87 series. Like every one 
one-shot character that wasn't too generic. I think they were just trying to put in there. But they were definitely trying to heavily base it on this series, with the exception of a couple characters. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's just weird to me that this is the character that, that got... Yeah, they got the green light, you know. <laughs> no, it really is. Like I, there really is like a whole bunch of other characters from other series that are more well known now, thanks to other series and things, especially more well known than Frosty. That it just hey, still Frost, baffles me that Frosty they, got in over Ground Chuck and Dirtbag. Yeah, yeah and like, like Wingnut and Screwloose, and uh, what else? Like, yeah, there's there's plenty of other characters that could have made it. I mean, I even just, like the Polarisoids could have made it in, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just don't know how intense of fans these companies are expecting people to be that are fans of the 87 series. Like, they're people that go nuts when they, like, see Shredder and Krang in the Technodrome, and and that's it. Like, and, and just the turtles with initials on their belt buckles. Like, people who are intense fans of this series, like, that are big fans of it, I guess, and want to see more of it. I don't think any of them would recognize half these deep cuts. Most of them didn't even know Triceratons were in the 87 series until NECA made action figures of them. So like, I don't know. Anyway, I guess that's my, my own thing, but (laughs) it's just not, you're not, yeah, you're not wrong. It's, it's so weird that (laughs) Frosty is in that game. Oh man. Yeah, it's it's such a weird series to pull deep cuts from. I mean, I guess it's not a bad thing, but it's just I think a lot of people miss it. But anyway. Splinter is on yet another meditation retreat in this episode. Like that guy's getting out all the time. He's like, I mean, I'm sick of you kids. I gotta go meditate. Leave me the hell alone. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that half the time the animators and writers just don't want to have to like add another character into this thing. And so they just write him out of the story like that so they just don't have to bother with him because he just doesn't even appear in 15 <laughs> yeah in pirate radio it's like... he's just gone he's just not there <laughs> that's no true do you think it's like you know like david weiss comes and he's like all right hey uh mendelson read this over let me know what you think and mendelson at the end is like hey uh where was splinter and david weiss is like oh crap uh he's on a meditation retreat <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find a reason for him to be in the story. I don't know what he'd do, so he's just going to be gone. He's going to be on a meditation retreat. Uh, Keith, I can see that you logged into Mutant Madness one day ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Double check, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, we still have a clan. So, uh, And it's full up, too. Nice. Sorry, you're too late if you're listening now. Yeah. Uh, I really didn't notice anything else. That was kind of the the big yeah. one. Um, apparently this episode, if you have the complete uh collection, like on on DVD, um, this episode is labeled the Ice Cream Cometh. Yeah, I noticed that when I was looking for it in the booklet. Ice Cream Cometh. Mine didn't come with a booklet. Now I feel ripped off. What the heck? Well, whatever. I did just you, like trade did the get... DVDs in and out till I find it. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, that sucks. I might so, send you some pictures of other it, DVD listings. So you can... Yeah, it's it's fine. I found uh I also I found a page on Turtlepedia that has which ones are on which DVD. Oh, perfect. Okay. So, so if yeah, when I redact my offer, do you get nothing? Also, apparently, uh, so the we see the Technodrome kind of get out of like the chasm that it was stuck in. 
and like it started rolling away before Frosty had melted on it. Apparently, in later episodes, the Technodrome will be back in the chasm. Yeah, yeah. It, it just immediately, like in in Pirate Radio, it's down underground, like in in a chasm. Yeah, it's not in ice anymore. It's like we can't afford two establish, establishing yeah, two, shots. Yeah, not two establishing shots. Yeah, they have to keep track crazy. of them. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this is the fifth season of this show. Let's not, let's not be crazy now. Look, guys, all that matters is that the Technodrome is somewhere where it can't be used. Okay, that's that's the point of this whole series. <laughs> that is the, the status yeah. quo of the Technodrome. What did they even? Never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're ready for uh, Leonardo cuts loose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. No shredder, no crane. This episode, which has become a lot more common, I'm still mentioning it um another thing i noticed is that the like the two main strong guys their names are hans and feats yeah that's the same names as the planet of the turtle turtles yeah i was gonna say like those are the same they're they're the same names as those uh turtleoids so yeah yeah it's it's the same bit (laughs) did they think us kids were stupid that we wouldn't notice yeah, uh, you know, 200 then, episodes, you probably would have forgotten eventually, yeah. you know. Most people have. You mean they weren't expecting 30-year-olds to watch this in succession? <laughs> Years uh, later. Wally, Wally Airhead, uh, just an obvious parody of Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> no, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Stallone, Schwarzenegger, either way. The action hero of of the 90s and 80s. Yeah, I was just making a silly goof. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, just, just an obvious parody. And with with an unhateful accent, I like I didn't I didn't hate that uh, that fake Arnold accent with this one. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too over the top with it. Yeah, like I mean, it was still over the top, but it wasn't like egregious. Like, yeah, overbearing like they can be. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything for this episode other than like, I guess this is like our third or fourth appearance of Casey in this series. Does anyone know if we get to see him again after this one? Uh, I do know. We get to see him. He, and he, he also, I like just tuned into a, a random red sky season episode and he did show up there. So he does show up much later in the season too. Uh, it's kind of more often since he was in the movie and people realized like, Oh, this is a, well, that's this is well, an actual that, character. Well, that's actually his last two appearances. So we have Leonardo cuts loose, then Night of the Rogues, uh-huh. and then Cyber Turtles. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess Turtles I was wrong. Yeah. But this is only like his third appearance, despite being like a pretty major character in Turtles. Uh, apparently, yeah. Casey was added to the cartoon at the specific request of Kevin and Peter. <laughs> they're just like, this crazy. They're like, they're like, they're the like please, <laughs> please put him in there and don't make him stupid. <laughs> Fred Wolf is like, yeah, sure, you got it. <laughs> Define stupid. No, no, not even that. He just said, yeah, sure, with his <laughs> fingers crossed behind his back. <laughs> all right, is that all we got for Leonardo Cuts Loose, son? I think so. Yeah. All righty. So, Pirate Radio. At one point, April, when she's giving her broadcast and she gets distracted by Irma because Irma's like barking with the, because she also is listening to Pirate Radio. So, she's also going woof, woof. She gets distracted and then she ends up by looking at the camera and just being like, it's 10 a.m. Do you know where your dog is? 
which is a reference to commercials at that time where apparently there was a commercial that would be like a PSA that would be like, it's 10 PM. Do you know where your child is? Uh, yeah. Or was, your kids are or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. Apparently it was such a, uh, it's a long story, but it, basically like there was a huge cultural shift between uh, boomers and like Gen Xers um, where, you know, you hear stories of like boomers, like, Oh, I used to be able to play outside and, you know, till, till the lights came on and blah, 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 blah. You know, nobody tried to do anything with me. Yeah. Like, you know, nobody kidnapped those kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they kind of just let their kids do that. But then that became an issue uh, yeah. because kids were getting kidnapped and uh, worse. And so that's why that's a big reason why those PSAs was because it was like, it was literally treating like boomer parents who, who were new parents at the time. Like it was treating them as like, Hey, do you know where your kids are? Wasn't there like another ad at that time that was like straight up just like, have you hugged your kid today? Like reminding people to like hug their children, like let them know that oh. they're loved. I, I've, I've seen on TikTok, like an ad of, of something in the eighties where it's like some Absolutely. or seventies where they had to like remind parents to hug their children. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that boomer parents don't do. <laughs> there's stuff now that I'm like, as a new father, I'm like, man, I wish there was some PSA to just help me. I'm like, have you looked yeah. at your child in the last 20 minutes? Like, no. <laughs> Is she even in the house? She's only like six months old. Oh, God. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. I have a daughter. <laughs> yeah. Am I still a parent? Crap. <laughs> what a dream. I dreamed we had a kid. Oh, yeah. Honey, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing that I just, I don't know, is an interesting fact that I noticed in this series is that Otello has a dimension alarm, which is like, seems like it's specifically for detecting dimension splits because it goes off. He doesn't see a screen, doesn't look at anything. He's just like, there must be a dimensional split. I Why he's anticipating a dimensional split, why he's created this machine, I don't know. Well, with as but... much as he, as with as much as like Dago dimension hopping like that's actually not as bad an invention to have for him but it seems like like he's he's so smart that he's kind of stupid like like he's made this super duper specific alarm that helps him out in this only one situation this is also the guy who like when the fridge was freezing over and ice creature cometh didn't like unplug it but instead used it like a trash can and a megaphone to make a heat ray like they did them they did unplug it by the way they did eventually, yeah. Because remember, Michelangelo plugs it back in. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they do unplug it after spend. Well, we'll we'll talk about that in anchovies. Uh, <laughs> do you guys have any other early. notes for the second time around? Yeah. So uh, the cheapskates appear in this episode. I feel like they haven't used those in forever. Like, in a minute, like two seasons or something. Um. Also, the turtle van has a different flotation device than the one that Donatello installed back in Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I found that a little bit annoying, but kind of interesting. Yeah. Maybe he just it. updated it. I don't know. <laughs> Add rockets. That's all I got. All right. We good to move on to anchovies? I guess so. Yeah. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. Yeah, okay. So Ice Creature Cometh, they spent like half this episode <laughs> fighting their freezer. Like like, ten minutes in, they are still going at it with their and freezer. Really, the, for no reason. Yeah, like like they're just it's chipping really away. Really frosted it. over. 
they're like chipping like, away they, at it with their weapons they bring in a heat ray they keep chipping away at their weapons and then they're like oh let's just unplug it you know well okay. number 10 you know, in the episode then they finally learn oh wow there's a whole thing going on <laughs> like, you know why fridges <laughs> oh, you know, oh god <laughs> you know why like refrigerators like frost over like that right i've never seen it happen on the outside just on the inside of a freezer usually it's because it's not totally sealed right uh i mean that's it so it's, <laughs> it's letting like, moisture in yeah they so they literally just have to uh <laughs> just make sure it's fully shut yeah unplug it well into the thought unplug it open the door i mean i guess they can't because it's thought on it's frozen on the outside but anyway no what you do is you combobulate together a heat ray and use yeah. it to, to let your entire sewer layer on fire and that will melt the ice right i mean that part was kind of funny you know i'll give them that but at the same time like 10 minutes of the turtles like 10 minutes in the episode of the turtles are still fighting their freezer you know half of the episode is pretty much gone by like you've spent too much time on them fighting a freezer. <laughs> yeah, true. In this episode, like, got like straight out of the gate. I was annoyed by it because Michelangelo walks into the living room. All right. Raphael's sitting on the couch. He's watching a movie. Donatello's like fiddling around with a solar powered calculator and a screwdriver or some nonsense. Leonardo's whipping around like a, a bamboo uh, sword, a, a boken, right? Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and Michelangelo's like, Hey guys, what time is it? And Raphael says it's TV time. Donatello says it's tinkering time. And then Leonardo, the worst turtle ever, says it's practice time. It's like, come on, man. Training time. It was right there, you boob. Keep the alliteration going. So so frustrating. I didn't even notice, gonna be honest. I, I... <laughs> it it was all I could think about. That's a little nitpicky, but uh <laughs> I don't blame him, you know. Okay, people, if if, if you're gonna alliterate the first two, alliterate the last one. Exactly. You know, but maybe it wasn't intentional. That's so so okay. The whole thing is like the technodrome is stuck in the ice. We need to get the technodrome out of the ice using super mutants. We'll use the ice creature to get out of the ice. Blah blah blah. We can't melt the ice, we can't melt the ice, blah blah, shredder crane, can't melt the ice. Then when Bebop and Rocksteady and Frosty are going to New York, they just like use a handheld laser and melt ice around them to make a raft. It's like, why not just use that to get the technodrome out? I mean, we've also seen like Krang invent a dimensional splitter. He's invented all these things. Like, he really can't invent the heat charges or something like that himself, like something that will heat ice well, like, yeah. and melt it. He he can't just invent that himself. Like, he's he's got to go steal it from somewhere, retrieve like he's built such higher tech things in this technodrome he can't yeah, build can't, something that'll heat the ice he can't get, get the ball dryer going well and yeah. the whole idea with frosty was that they were going to use him to get into the military base to steal those thermal detonators right but then yeah. like they get there they're there with frosty and then shredder just shows up in that transport module like right where they need to be i'm like what what do you need frosty for at all <laughs> i think um, we're, we're also kind of missing the I don't know if you guys have it saved for later, but the uh, the gag at the front where they're like, we don't need any more mutants. You guys are sick of those, right? <laughs> yeah. I kind of put it into I love being a turtle a little <laughs> okay, bit. Okay, I figured you might. Because I said, like, isn't everyone tired of mutants? It feels like this, like, secret, like, cry for help from, like, the writers or, like, I don't know, people 
writing this show just like aren't you tired of that please please i'm yeah, i'm so I'm tired so of writing tired of this this mutant plot but it's like we sure like we should watch like rock studies blinks to make sure he's not like morse coding torture at us yeah. you know <laughs> like <laughs> the animators, but we just please. we have another we just have another example of the mutagen doing something else yeah and this time it is mutating water into a like frozen water into a creature yeah, they do well, mention it actually, it's like all the microorganisms yeah. and bacteria and stuff, which is kind of cool, but like I, it's yeah, just I, kind of a throwaway line, you know. I, I do actually like Oh, that, that's but... such a throwaway line that I didn't even pick up on. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. Holy moly. But yeah, no, it's I guess the other thing it could be is simply just the writer being like, all right, I need to find another reason to create a monster. Let's just spill some mutagen somewhere and do it and uh yeah it's an overused trope so we'll just make a joke about it and then it's okay to keep overusing the trope because now i made a joke about it you know as long as i say i'm self-aware it's okay to keep repeating the same plot points over and over again at one point like it felt like mutagen was super rare and even like the components of mutagen were super rare but now it's like every other episode he's just making a vat of it yeah (laughs) just brewing a whole vat and here you go I think that's I think that still goes to show like how rare it is because like he's he's constantly trying to make more of it and it I mean it it's never working like it it it's always you know bad or something you yeah know? instead of just like you know creating something to heat up the ice me, around the technodrome yeah <laughs> it really just makes me think that like krang didn't invent the, the mutagen at all and he's just kind of like crap trying crap to, crap <laughs> trying to figure it out what do i got mutagen that'll work i, got, I do actually like that idea. i spilled coffee on my notes from college <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, i really should have wrote written this down somewhere else yeah uh. Why did I write? Why did I write the formula for mutagen on a napkin? Yeah, he left his mutagen formula with his other body. Yeah, <laughs> he's right in his front pocket, and he's just like, "No, <laughs> my body! Oh. oh, my body!" He finally recovers his old body, and you know they've put it through the wash, and <laughs> now all the ink is bled. <laughs> oh man. We should write for television, guys. Really should. Yeah. All right. Put us on the Ninja Turtles a... comic. <laughs> yeah. Are we ready for a Leo Cuts Loose? Yeah. Why so, is that the title of this episode? I have no idea. Yeah, there was not a whole lot of loose cutting in this episode. <laughs> no, I was expecting like either something really awesome, like Leo goes full like Dark Knight Returns, like you know, this isn't a mud pit, it's an operating table, and I'm the surgeon, or something incredibly stupid, like Leo joins the circus, but... Yeah, or yeah, he just becomes incredibly laid back, but I think that was already an episode, wasn't it? That was already an episode, yeah. Yeah, There was one where he became laid back and didn't care. And it feels like, it feels like this would have been a name for that episode, too, but yeah, it's... Yeah, he's still just as much of a stick in the mud as he always is. I, don't know I, I guess he does have to team up with Casey, though, and learns to like, all right, I got to do this. So, yeah, that's what they mean by he cuts loose is that he hangs out with Casey. <laughs> the other most uptight character in this, in this whole yeah. series. 
My other thing for this one, though, is I'd wish they'd give their original villains more like iconic designs or like lasting designs, because this villain with his plot, like there's been a lot of mad scientists already that use some sort of device to help them commit some sort of crime. But I feel like this one's unique in the fact that like it's used to himself. He becomes super strong. He has a whole gang of super strong guys. Like, I feel like they could have taken the chance to try and like give them costumes, make them look like something memorable and iconic and that people would maybe want to see again and have be recurring characters. I don't know if they could find a way to not make it so one note. Because well, I did I mean, think it was it, kind of interesting. And it's like, if they could have given him a more iconic design. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, the des- stuck around. I think the design is fine because it is different from like, and let me take it back. I think the design is fine. Uh, the problem is we have, we've had a lot of similar looking strongmen mm-hmm. uh, type villains. And so like, if we, if this wasn't like just another like palette swap of those, it would feel a little bit different. But you're right. Like this is actually an interesting, like twist. Like having the the mad scientist be, you know, a jar head, muscle head, meathead. Yeah, and he and he's using it kind of on himself. Like I I just feel like there could be potential there to have him be like a continuous villain if they would have yeah. just if they just would commit with any one of these other villains and just give them a bit more of a toyetic design, you know, something that looks more iconic, more eye-catching or grabbing then they could have created like another villain alongside Shredder but I also wonder if maybe because you know they aren't adding anything to the toy line the toy line's coming out of Mirage to Playmates that they uh don't want to do that and make a character that is going to stick around who knows I I, this is speculation but I do like the one guy that has like a handlebar mustache yeah <laughs> he's kind of cool i forget if that was hans or feats yeah he he wasn't bad like they could have but like i don't know when you have like the boss man you got to give him something iconic something that like i don't know makes it feel like this character is unique and special and is going to be yeah. sticking around if you want to go that direction with it i guess but and they just don't Missed opportunities, the franchise. Right. (laughs) My only other anchovy is that uh, Splinter mentions that the brain is the strongest muscle in the body, but the brain is not a muscle. Uh, And I'm pretty sure I missed that question on a quiz in third grade. So So now you remember it forever. Yeah. (laughs) And it's possible that Splinter taught me that. So thanks a lot, Peter Renaday. Yeah, when I when I was in speaking of like things on tests, when I was in sixth grade, I accidentally cheated on a test. So like I looked uh, down and I had such a messy no seriously, <laughs> I had such a messy desk that what the paper like a paper with the answer on it was just the the tip of it. The title was the name of the answer I was trying to figure out. The title of the paper was just hanging out of my desk, and I I looked down. And I see, you know, what, what is the writing the Mesopotamians use? And I'm just like, and I like look down there it is. And I'm like, oh, cuneiforms. Well, I felt so guilty about cheating that I've never forgotten the Mesopotamians write in cuneiforms. So jokes on me. I've learned that forever now because I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Here's another stupid story regarding quizzes. Last one, I promise. But so I was a freshman in high school and we're taking a quiz and 
I, I don't even remember the guys. Who was the first guy to fly across the Atlantic? Uh, uh Lindenberg. Lindbergh. Lindbergh. Charles Charles Lindbergh. Charles, Charles Lindbergh. Lindbergh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, who is Charles Lindbergh? And I get my paper back after it's been graded minus X number of points. I'm like, what 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 went on? There's a word circled. I had written he was the first person to walk across the Atlantic Ocean. And all I can think is that like the teacher was talking while I was writing and was like, when you're done, walk your paper up here or something. Like <laughs> And I must have just written it out as I was listening to him or something. Cause I'm like, why in the, like, what, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Charles Lindbergh can walk on water. Yeah. Right. Huh. Anyhow, that's all the anchovies I have for uh, Leo Cutsaloos. Yeah, me too. Me three. <sighs> Pirate radio. All right. This one, I'm, I'm loaded with them. Uh, Let's let's hear him. All right, hit us. First off, why why does Shredder need to call himself Slicer on the radio? The Slicer. Like, he doesn't need to protect his identity. He like he's he's got them all under mind control. They're not even supposed to know. They don't even know who Orokusaki is. Like the yeah. society at large, right? I mean, sometimes I don't know. I think he's maybe been on the news. E- either way, even if he calls himself Shredder, he's using mind control. Like. They're just gonna follow him anyway. Like, why? Why does? Why does he have to use a fake name? Anyway, well, I just can thought I, it was can I just piggyback off of what you just said. Uh huh. He's using mind control. Why? Why does he have to like tell him to go into a bottomless pit? My first, if I had a device that had permanent mind control on people, my first command would be obey all my commands. Right. Even I mean, even without the voice controller, that's that's fair. Yeah. That's a good idea. Keep going, Spencer. (laughs) But I I mean, I don't know. I guess Krang maybe was just like, I have this bottomless pit uh, and I don't know what to do with it, but I created (laughs) it and I've I've already predetermined that it's an evil invention. So I got to find something evil to do with it. You know what? He was working on it all afternoon. He's like, I'll be damned if we don't use it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make a whole bunch of people march into this pit. There's there's also a moment where so April I kind of skipped it in my summary because it just was there to continue to pad out the episode. There's a scene where April is like walking on top of a bridge under mind control and she's gonna fall off the edge and Michelangelo is gonna fall off something else. Oh, he's gonna fall into a pit, a different pit that isn't the bottomless pit. Either way, the the three turtles are standing there and they're just like, oh no, we can only save one of them. Yeah, there's, have, there's three of them. There's three turtles. There's three of them and their nuclear powered super van. Yeah. <laughs> How could they not? Yeah, I had that written down too. And then besides that, they also proceed to save both of them anyway. So I I don't know. It just yeah. that was just just they just needed that tension to go to commercial. Yeah. Um, the other thing is is like Crane's like big idea for this comes from hearing that everyone listens to this radio station. And so they specifically commandeer pirate radio to use their radio station, but then they proceed to make all of the radios turn on and just tune in. So they can just make all the radios just turn on and tune into the station. Why do they need to commandeer the pirate radio in the first place? Like, couldn't they just produce a radio broadcasting signal from the technodrome to everyone and force all their like, force all their things to turn on, force all of them to tune in. 
like they, they don't need to get a popular radio station if they can just do that like that, that there was no yeah. point in taking over the radio i had that like everything you said i also <laughs> wrote down <laughs> it's just ridiculous there's and there's so much going on in this episode like Crane has like nine devices he uses. He 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 makes the chasm. He's got the what ventrilo quarter or whatever the thing that makes people ventriloquial. The newest mind control device. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gonna take over radio and he has a device that turns on people's radios and tunes them into the radio channel. And also Shredder's going as a slicer. Like there's way too much stuff. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just endless craziness. And then my, my other thing is at the end, they're all like rowing into the bottomless pit. All these people are going into the lake. And then after they like over, after they make Shredder's device like explode, suddenly they all just disappear. And it's just Mikey and Irma just going into the portal. They don't need to save anyone else. Everyone else is just fine. <laughs> they they apparently were just able to get out of it, but not Mikey and Irma. They had, they had to get them out. I don't know. It just, everyone was just gone. It was just like, uh, just Mikey and Irma are, are going into the chasm and they have to rescue them no one else everyone, everyone else just else ends up on the boat to turn yeah <laughs> everyone else ends up on the boat and is chasing shredder they also that's like <laughs> that's my end of my list that's like the longest list you've had though there, there's your worst so many things that didn't make sense i mean i don't know i was mildly entertained still watching it so i wouldn't say that but at the same time, it's it's got a lot of plot problems that I don't know why I'm overlooking so much, but it's it's a real issue. <laughs> Maybe I've just gotten used to it at this point, and so I just don't bat an eye at it. You're just numb to it. Yeah. I hate that this episode, they say W-O-O-F like 48 times. Yeah. Yeah. The, the so bit. Annoying. Yeah. It never gets old. I think like, Krang is like weirdly omniscient in this episode, too. Like what shredder's like doinking around uh the sewer and they get to this like seawall and they're like the only thing on the other side of there is the ocean and krang's voice from out of nowhere comes in and he's like do i have to think of everything and drops not the foot skis but different jet skis that we've never seen before for them to use to get out to the ocean and then at the very end uh like the boat's been taken back over by the citizens krang bebop and rocksteady are on the plank and they're like well the turtles won't make us walk the plank you know they're the good guys Crane's voice came up, come as a, out of nowhere. He's like, but I will. And Shredder like looks around like, Crane, where are you? And then they get hit with lasers and knocked off the side of the boat. It's like, Crane, if you can hear everything and shoot lasers with pinpoint accuracy from Antarctica, like how are you failing to take over New York? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like there's the, the, the level of competency that like Crane and Shredder like, in, like exhibit sometimes but then like just fumble the ball so badly. It's just, it's so tiring. Yeah. Also speaking of which, like speaking of the whole scene where it's like the turtles wouldn't make us walk the plank. If no one's making them walk the plank, why are they on the edge of it in the first place? <laughs> That's a good point. They're just going well, through the motions. Yeah. yeah. Did did they just actually secretly be up in rock city and always wanted to be forced to walk the plank. So they're just like hopping the edge of it. And they're like, Oh no. I hope the turtles don't make us walk the plank. Yeah, like, that this would be is what terrible. all the great bad guys do. All the great bad guys get to walk the plank. This is our chance. Yeah. yeah but it's also the, another like Crane being ominous and how he just appears on the screen in the turtle van and he's just like, tune into the radio, guys. Tune into it. Do it. Go listen to it. 
That's like right. our plans under control. Go do it. Like he just shows up on their computer screen and starts talking to him. They don't question <laughs> it at all. Yeah. And and also he also has a machine that turns on all the radios. So why does he even have to talk to him? Ah, oh, geez. Yeah. <sighs> cocaine. Cocaine is a reason. <laughs> that's the that's the basis for a lot of these. Yeah. All right. Are we good? I think so. I think so, so it's yeah. just three episodes. Let's talk about what we liked. Oh, I love being a turtle. So I already kind of mentioned that I liked the, you know, ever isn't everyone tired of mutants line? It's a funny uh, gag. Yeah. Yeah. I get it is nice to see a little bit of self-awareness. But the other thing that I will say is that the ice monster, in my opinion, is actually a unique villain. I actually like that they were like, oh yeah, it mutated all of the microbes and now they're some big essentially, you know, it'd be like there is a they don't get this specific with it, but that kind of mean that they all became like a hive mind colony of microbes that are forming a big ice. Yeah, they definitely sculpture. they definitely do not get that in depth. <laughs> yeah, but but that's that's the idea behind <laughs> it. It was though. such a if throwaway that I that I didn't even hear the microbes lines. Yeah, it, it mutated the microbes, but you know it also then does not proceed to make sense when it dies of melting because those microbes should still be alive and, and mutating. But I do like hive mind characters in Ninja Turtles. You know, of like little tiny things, whether it be Nano or Worm in the IDW series. Uh, I just kind of like the idea of some sort of hive mind, something forming a body and, and being sentient and having feelings and stuff. It's, it's just interesting. And for some reason to me, yeah. I like that. Like, I guess a slight bit of continuity here that like, it's kind of Bebop's pet. And we know that like Bebop has had Slash as a pet before. So like Bebop, he's a sensitive guy, you know, he's a, he's a well-rounded Bebop is character. the better of the two. I would agree. Also, like, it's super messed up that the Technodrome is stuck in Frosty's corpse. But, like, <laughs> well, only for like an, thing. only for like an episode. Then it goes back into the chasm. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the darkest thing that's happened on this show. It, I love it. <laughs> I don't know. I think that Mutagen Man just becoming disembodied floating body parts when he first gets mutated oh, yeah. is maybe slightly at least more gruesome. Maybe well, that's, then Shredder not quite like, stark. literally tries to murder him at the end. So that probably is a little yeah. more gruesome, but yeah, yeah. A little bit more dark, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely up there. It's close. That's all I got. Yeah, me too. I didn't think this was the weakest of these three, I guess. Yeah, me neither. Leonardo cuts loose. It was nice to see Casey again. Casey? God damn it, Jones. It's great to see him. Oh my Lanta. I love that man. I cannot believe I like the second he showed up, I was like, I drew the long straw on this one. <laughs> <laughs> you you did. Uh that was definitely definitely the cream of the crop between the three of these episodes. Uh and to have him like infiltrate a gym. Like that's just funny. Yeah. It's kind of weird that they keep using him to infiltrate things because like he's the, he's their one friend without a face. He's wearing a mask all the time. Not to mention, it's not like the turtles haven't already worn human masks and passed themselves off as humans before, but it's fine. You know, they've got a human friend they can use to go infiltrate, uh, yeah. store, infiltrate things when the plot uh, requires it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the plot requiring it, there's that part where Casey pulled out a handsaw to get the guys loose. It's like, man, what else, could, what else has he got in that bag? You know, everything. A big old gag bag. 
I also like that uh, the guy that jaywalks and the guy that litters at the end that Casey Jones runs after, like, yeah. it's the same guy. And I'm like, how much of Casey Jones' time is spent just accosting the same guy? <laughs> the same guy that just needs to be a little tidier outside and, <laughs> right. I don't know, cross the street a little safer. But, uh, I don't know, it commits the minor infractions that maybe are considered uh, very common to most people. I know I jaywalk all the time. Hopefully the cops don't come uh, you better down not my door. Admit that lawbreaker. Lawbreaker, scuzz bucket. I don't like littering, though, so I don't do that. But, but jaywalking all the time. Yeah, all of my I love notes begin and end with Casey Jones. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually did like the concept for the villain. I feel like they could have turned him into a more like a longer lasting one if they wanted i don't know made some sort of gang out of it even if it was just one episode and he's a one note character just done something to like like i said make him more iconic but whatever i just wish it like and, and this is maybe a bit of an anchovy but like it's a david wise episode so like there's always one too many things like if they left out the big giant metal boxing glove machine I think it would have been a really great episode. He wouldn't have lost yeah. that much, you know, but like there's always one more thing that needs to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have for episode 14. All right. Pirate radio. So Mikey's woe when he falls into the river from off of the, the bridge or whatever he's standing on or the, the beam that the turtles have used in the crane. Cause he's still like still under mind control. So he's just like, Whoa! Like it's just <laughs> like the very like the mind, like whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like he's he's still got mind control voice, but he's saying whoa still as he's falling. It's just it was a funny delivery. It made me laugh. It was good. Yeah. Uh, I really something that made me laugh was that Irma and Michelangelo are they're like in a tub trying to row their way out to this bottomless pit. Yeah, Herma's using like a tennis racket, and then Mikey's got like a viola he's using. <laughs> yeah, that he got from somewhere. I guess must yeah. have just been floating by from someone else. I also thought, uh, like at the very beginning of this episode, Krang's body gets kind of broken up and mangled, and he like patchworks it back together. And that yeah. like was a really cool design. He has these cool like goggles and like stitches all over him and stuff. I thought it was really neat. I, I even thought that maybe that was going to become like something that's continued on in continuity and i guess this is the last episode so maybe no because he, he was changed back i think by the end of the episode but i thought maybe for a little while they're gonna be like oh yeah krang's body is mangled again or something i don't know why i expected something like that Any to, sort to of happen continuity. yeah in this series but i did for just a second and i was like oh never mind that's not going to be a, a continued thing that'd be kind of cool if they did but i guess they're not going to do it it's <laughs> too bad I did think this was the weakest of the episodes, personally. But yeah, yeah, it definitely was. I, I don't know. I liked, I liked it more than ice, than ice creature. Uh, yeah, it, it's fun. It, it does have like more jokes, and like because it doesn't take itself that seriously and is like completely just written like a fever dream. <laughs> you can kind of almost, in a way, like forgive all of its continuity errors and plot problems yeah but but yeah so i guess that's it for all three of them yeah yeah awesome good job guys we did it let's talk about the news 
This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. Uh, in news this week, uh, it's been kind of quiet on the action figure front. Uh, if you pre-ordered the uh, f- the uh, Fury Toys, totally not uh, a Ninja Turtle uh, spring figure from 5K Toys that has been shipping. I have had mine for about a week now, and I love it. Uh, Trying to decide if it's going to take a spot on my uh, top 10 of the year. Um, but uh, because this is a limited run, uh, I did post the link up to the extra stock. Uh, once they are done, that is it. They are not doing another release of this figure. Um, a lot of people are liking like the paint and it looks really good. Um, a lot of people don't like the size. It is about the size of like the 2012 like Playmates Turtles figures. Um, and it, it is technically six inch scale, uh, or one twelve scale. It's just a very, it's just on the smaller end of that. A lot of people are used to bigger figures. Um, other than that, the game awards are tomorrow. We are totally silly and totally forgot everybody to vote for Shredder's Revenge in the game awards. Uh, so as we record this, the game awards will have already happened. Uh, Shredder's Revenge was up for. Uh, best multiplayer and best action game of 2022. Uh, hopefully it won. <laughs> if not, then uh, yeah, it's because we totally forgot to tell everybody to vote for it. Do, do you um, want me to uh, take out of the bonus content? And we said it probably shouldn't, at least what I said, it probably shouldn't have won any of those. <laughs> no, it's up to you. That's up to you. I'll leave it uh, in. Yeah, you can just leave it in. Uh, and uh, yeah, other than that, it's been pretty quiet uh the 2012 uh complete series on dvd has been found in the wild now at a walmart uh so check your stores to see if it's there it's also still available uh for like 30 dollars on amazon man they did better do that for the 2003 series of this 20th anniversary coming up i'm just saying it would be nice if they did so uh yep that's it for me all right On the comic book side of things, uh, issue 135 and Armageddon Games number three just came out last week when you're hearing this. When this episode airs, it'll be been a week ago. Also, The Best of Leatherhead uh, has finally released. I think that was last month, a couple weeks ago. But we finally know what issues are in there now. It's the first appearance in Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Leatherhead. And then his appearance in... The main issues, Leatherhead 2, when he's trying to like build the portal to transport himself to get back to the Utron. And then also an issue from IDW, which is probably his his origin issue in there that explains Ooh. what happened to him. And those are those are just those three. Um so, what's that? Pretty pretty light week. Yeah, yeah. There might be I need to double check because there could be another issue of I don't think the alliance comes out until a couple weeks. So Armageddon game, the alliance number two. I hope not. Cause I haven't gotten number one yet. Yeah. You haven't still gotten, you haven't got number one yet. I haven't been to the comic shop in a couple weeks. Though, oh, so. the alliance number one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were talking about Armageddon game number one for some yeah. reason. I was like, we covered that. 
Yeah, no, I was just you... uh, really, really just keen off you guys and seeing seeing what you could say. <laughs> Man, I I keep having to keep my mouth shut in the group chat because some of the stuff they've got going on actually has me seriously just excited when I see it. A little bit of fan serviceiness. Uh, and yeah, Armageddon Games, the Alliance number two comes out next week. So okay. I need to get to the comic shop. Speaking of Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to be covering Armageddon Games, the Alliance number one, TMNT number 134, and Armageddon Games number three. So we'll be continuing our coverage of the Armageddon game event. Uh, and like I said, I'm pretty stoked about what's going on. There's a lot of fun kind of fan service things, but also great story and character work behind it. And I'm here for it. And it's our uh, last episode of the year. It, yeah, it will be. Yeah, because then we'll so, be taking a two-year break. A two, not two years, two weeks. <laughs> two years. Two-week <laughs> break after that. Wow. Whoa! <laughs> We're going to totally skip the 2003 uh, <laughs> yeah. anniversary. No way. Uh, so, yeah, guys, uh, next week is going to be our last episode of the year. Uh, let us know what you guys thought of <laughs> how we did this year. Um, I know we didn't get to do everything that we wanted to, but we launched a, I would say, pretty successful TikTok uh, that Spencer's been doing a fantastic job of updating. Uh, yeah, I've been a little bit more sparing with how often I update things now. Uh, but a lot of people have been interested in the time the turtles fought the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So that's kind of been cool to see explode. Maybe I'll have but- to start covering more from adventures. Yeah, I mean, definitely is like, so if you have any ideas for what you want to see on the TikTok or anything like you really want to talk about, uh, want us to try and cover, um, I mean, definitely let us know. Um, and if it all works out that we can, like, you know, with uh, Pierce last week who wrote in and let us know that to cover, you know, something for Power Rangers, um, you know, to kind of cross that over with Ninja Turtles. Um, but yeah, uh, guys, let us know. I mean, you know, we like I said, we didn't do as much as we wanted to this year, but let us know what you did like that we did this year. Um, we met a lot of new friends, you know, online, got talking with a lot of people in the community. And it, I mean, I'm going to say, well, we'll say more thanks next week, but, but we, I want to highlight some things. So if anyone wants to let us know, um, thank you again for listening to the show. Uh, we love each and every one of you. Ninja Turtle Power Hour, Ninja Turtle PH on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, hey, we love making this show. Uh, we like to keep it free. But if you're like, hey, those guys are really cool. And uh, Keith's voice is a little scratchy. You could probably use a nice hot, warm beverage like a cup of coffee. You can now uh, send us a little bit of money uh, on coffee.com. Just go to coffee.com slash Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Uh, that's ko-fi.com slash Ninja Turtle Power Hour. All one word. Give whatever you feel is generous. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. You're listening to The Slicer.
another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On this computer. <clears throat> I just didn't want to have to make the joke again <laughs> about, ah, oh, you missed the bonus content. Ah, you missed the bonus content. Talked about the close thing. Well, now that I've hit record, you know, we won't have any good conversations about anything, you know? No, but I just... actually, I actually <laughs> did have something. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Is Keith here? Yeah. Keith, Keith is, is here. here. Uh, so have you guys heard of Defunct Land on on uh, YouTube? No, Land. no, I have not. Okay, so it's a channel that does like really cool, like documentary style videos on um, like mostly Disney and theme park stuff. Uh huh. Um, and so they just released one uh two weeks ago about the Disney Channel theme. Like, were you, were you guys Disney Channel kids? I mean, not really, except enough cable. But, but that, that exact but I didn't theme. Hear that. Yeah. yeah, and they draw the little Mickey Mouse head or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it it's like a huge mystery on like who wrote that theme. Oh, <laughs> it was Mickey like, Mouse, wasn't it? It's a it, so he dropped like an hour and a half documentary, <clears throat> um, an hour and fifteen minutes into it, and it's just it's so good. Huh. He did one on like the history of Fast Pass, which if you don't go to the parks, like that doesn't mean a whole lot to you. Um, but like Fast Passes are like a huge thing. Uh, and just the history and just w- what they turn into is like, it was like, it's like an hour and a half, uh, hour and 45 minute documentary. And I'm like, just so in like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Was Fast Pass close to a Fast Play? Uh, no. Oh, okay. This DVD is enhanced with Disney's Fast Play. Your movie and a selection of bonus features will continue Fast in a Pass. moment. <laughs> God, God. Uh, no, no Fast, Pass, Fast Pass was... Uh, it allowed you like to get in like the faster skip line line, right? Basically, you know, yeah. Call it, it was, like a it Genie was a, Pass? It was, yeah, it's what Genie Pass like eventually like replaced, but yeah, um, yeah, it would make you a reservation in line and you so you would just stop by the ride you want to get on, make do your fast pass, and then come back, you know, whenever, um, whenever the ride set, yeah. And so sometimes that was like an hour, sometimes it was a couple hours, sometimes it was a whole day, like if it was a popular ride, yeah. Um, but I mean, it was the system that was in place since like the 90s, and he goes into like the mechanics of it and like why it worked and why, like, it they can only give out so many per hour and it's like why genie uh genie pass and lightning link like completely like fumble the ball on the whole concept yeah uh it's really interesting so because it's kind of supposed to be there to allow anyone to be able to you know be able to actually <clears throat> ride all the rides despite the incredibly long lines right and like the well, it's, passing thing is kind of more like yeah just pay and then you can skip the line kind of thing kind of yeah um and so like it's it's kind of all over the place and it would be really good um if it was still like the original concept 
but since yeah. it's still a mess, then uh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, is the Game Awards going on right now? I think I heard that there's going to be some sort of announcements there. I don't know. Oh, it's tomorrow. Okay. I'm freaking excited for Jedi Survivor. Uh, yeah. Jedi I was. I was di- in my fine. ads. It's, huh? Uh, sorry, I was interrupting. Sorry. Oh, you're good. I was just like scrolling down Facebook, and in my ads, I see this like action figure of a B1 battle droid with a paint job I've never seen before. Yeah. I click on it. And it's from Jedi Survivor. So there's going to be B1 battle droids that have been repainted for a new owner. Yeah, I just bought those. Survivor. I, I love the way they look. And I'm super excited to see more battle droids in Star Wars, especially in this era. And I'm waiting to see if it's either going to be like a corrupt separatist that yep. just kind of like is hiding away with all of his riches and has them as a security force. Or whether it's going to be like the beginning of like a separate rebel cell that's like a separatist rebel cell. Because I really want to see just the separatists in general, how they fit in or even just transition into rebels. Because we're already starting to see that in Andor with uh, Krieger, you know, because um, Saw Gerrera, well, he did die, but Saw Gerrera announced that Krieger and his men were separatists. You know, that's why he wasn't going to work with them. You know, they're separatists. They're da 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 da. You know, and if you've watched Clone Wars, you've seen that Separatists kill the sister. And anyway, it's a whole thing. But uh, I just want to see Separatists. Or... Yeah, he's like, he, like he refuses to team up with other rebel cells. And he's like, it's just, you know, they're Separatists. They're da 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 da. It's like also if you've watched like Bad Batch, you can see some of the yeah, Separatists standing up to the government. And uh, anyway, I just want to see how the Separatists transition and fit into the rebels and kind of become good guys, or at least the good Separatists. Anyway, I I just I I love seeing the transition between the two eras. What a nerd! I know. <laughs> I'm hoping uh, I get to see that though. Oh man, uh, yeah, voting voting close, but Shredder's Revenge was up for um, best action game at the Game Awards. Hmm. I don't play a lot of other games. But yeah, <laughs> it's the best action game I've played, I guess, this year. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired. I called in sick to work today and just did nothing. Perfect. Play, play World of Warcraft. Yeah, I just need, I just needed a day. Told yeah. I had a bad headache. I get that. Uh, best multiplayer. Uh, Shredder's Revenge was up for it. Uh, definitely not with all how bad the connection issues were. Yeah. I mean, look, Shredder's Revenge is a fun, nostalgic view back on 2D beat, like on a, on a beat 'em up. But I don't know if it's would get could get best action game or best, definitely not best multiplayer. Maybe best action because of just how smooth the animation is. But I don't know. I imagine that if you play a lot of action games, there's there's probably something out there that is still yeah. better than like a nostalgic hearkening to a previous era of video games i don't know but dang literally all the categories are closed oh oh well well. should we get going yeah that was it okay cool